Welcome to 10.5, the official podcast of the OPP Association. My name is Scott Mills. And I'm Josh Jutras. We are the Strategic Communications Coordinators for the OPP Association and your host for the 10.5 podcast, the official podcast of the OPP Association. The OPP Association is the sole bargaining agent for the close to 10,000 members of the Ontario Provincial Police in Ontario, Canada. Our members are our focus and our strength, and we aim to provide important information to our members and the public about matters that affect policing in the province of Ontario. And today on our uh, episode, we welcome our OPP Association Manager of Member Services, Amy Fabiano, to the podcast uh, to explain an overview of our member services. Welcome, Amy. Hi, Scott. Hi, Josh. Thanks for having me. It's actually very surreal to be on this side of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and just full disclosure for the listeners out there, Amy is uh, our boss, uh, that being Scott and I. If, uh, if you never hear from one of us again after the airing of this episode, uh, then, then you know what happened. And just continue on. Continue on. Oh, come on. I'm not that bad. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Well, we're actually—I actually want to say something nice about you, Amy, right off the top. I, I have to say that it is a pleasure working with you every day. Um, you're a very busy person with many balls in the air, and uh, uh, Josh and I have, have talked often since we started this podcast that we needed to get you on the podcast uh, just to explain what member services are available, uh, because uh, it all becomes obvious to us on the inside looking out, but. Sometimes we hear uh, things like, you know, what does the association even do for us and uh, stuff like that. And it always saddens, uh, saddens me when I hear that because I know there's so much good work that goes on behind the scenes. So we're very happy you're here to explain it all. And uh, some of the things we want to cover today in hopefully the next 20 or 25 minutes, and it's a bit of a list here. I uh, want to get Amy to touch on a brief structure of the OPP association, the branches, uh, branch, exe- uh, branch executive excuse me, et cetera, Uh, a breakdown of departments at head office, uh, labor, legal, pension and benefits, et cetera. I want to just touch very briefly on training and education, target benefit administrators, the Ontario Pension Board, who to call and how we triage inquiries, and last but certainly not least, the new OPPA website coming soon. And uh, our format uh, for our podcast, our listeners know the format well, and so does Amy. But generally, it's rapid fire questions. And uh, Amy, you're on the uh, you're on the other side of the fence now. Are you ready for us? I think so. I'm a little nervous, <laughs> but I'm going to try my best here. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it's all good, uh, Amy. Let's start off with uh, with the basics here. Can you just uh, give us a really quick overview of the twenty branch structure, uh, head office, and board of directors for the listeners? Sure. So most uh, people who work for the OPP will know that there are six regions uh, that cover the entire province. The OPP Association, we actually, within those six regions, we have a breakdown of 20 branches, which are spread throughout the province. And within those 20 branches, we have a president, a vice president, a financial director, and then other directors. Uh, And then the last sort of group is the detachment reps that are obviously within the detachments throughout the province. And so those individuals are there at the local level, we call it, 
to assist members with general questions about the association, some of their rights uh, as it relates to the collective agreements that we have, and just there to pretty much represent the association because we can't be everywhere all at once. So many hands make light work and that is how the branches come in. And then they come to meetings uh, several times a year with the staff and board of directors at head office to get information and be able to disseminate that to the members at the local level. So there's branch meetings. Some of those are held in person. Some of those are held virtually, especially over COVID. And they're just there to provide members a bit more information on exactly what we do here and any important updates and announcements that we have. So moving on from the branch structure, we then have obviously staff at head office here in Barrie who help support the members, the branches, and the board of directors. Um, there is a lot of staff who work here. Well, not a lot when you think of the amount of members that we represent. Um, so they work in various departments and we're gonna get into that a little bit later on. Uh, and pretty much we're here to support the value mission vision of the corporation and the board of directors. And then that gets us in to the board. So there are seven board members and there is one civilian position on the board. And right now, uh, David Sabatini, the vice president, is that civilian. So they are here to pretty much provide the strategic vision and direction for the organization. They liaise with senior management at the OPP, with the government. Obviously, we bargain on behalf of our members uh, for benefits and collective agreement entitlements. And they also advocate for the members and you know, try to advance working conditions and just make sure that general entitlements related to labor relations are being upheld. So there's a lot of people working behind the scenes to support the members. And I, I don't know that everybody knows that because um, we often get questions about who is here and, and what everyone does. It's great you're here to explain that. I think I counted on the website the other day. I think there was about 31 employees at, uh, at head office. Um, and uh, that kind of fluctuates up and down by, by a few every once in a while, like any other place. Um, covers a very large province of Ontario. Uh, so often our board members and staff uh, throughout the province are, are remote doing business. And uh, Amy, I was wondering if you could briefly explain how the OPP Association kind of head office is set up, what departments there are and who is actually in charge of what. Sure, so we'll start with member services because that's one that I know very well, obviously. So I'm the team lead of that department, sorry. And essentially uh, the staff that report to me would be the reception folks, obviously you, Josh and Scott, with the communications coordinators, uh, the database oversight and the training and education support, the benefits coordinators, uh, those all fall into the member services. So essentially we're here to support the membership and the overarching theme of our pillar is that we also support other areas of the organization as needed, uh, such as labor relations is actually the next department I'm gonna talk about. So we have an executive director and then executive officers, which most people are familiar with because if you've ever needed to call in or you um, have had a question or a grievance perhaps in your career. 
you would have dealt with that department. Um, there is a case coordinator and then an executive assistant who helps support all of those individuals. And basically they're just here to provide insight and expertise on collective agreement entitlements, help file grievances, have discussions with the employer to resolve those issues and answer general questions that the membership might have. And they also liaise directly with the branches. There's a lot of connection between labor relations and the branches because we always try to have the matters resolved at what we call the local level, which would be within the branch and then um, not having things move forward in terms of a, an actual formal grievance. And the executive officers sit on various committees as well. There's a lot of acronyms, so I'm not gonna get into all of that because we love acronyms here, but um, they do sit on like the grievance resolution committee and um, the job evaluation committee and uh, many others. And then we have our legal department, uh, which is comprised of labor relations lawyers and then uh, PSA lawyers who assist members when those matters come up. If there's something like an SIU investigation, duty reports that need to be reviewed, um, just providing support and service. We have external counsel also that help support our members should that be required. And um, the labor relations lawyers work very closely with our LR, labor relations department, to provide insight, help with arbitrations and mediations should matters go there. And also they provide um, advice and expertise to our board of directors. From there, we have the benefits coordinators would report into me. And then we also have an executive officer of pension and benefits who has been on this podcast many times, Lisa Hillstrom. And we have a disability management expert who is very familiar in matters of WSIB and LTIP, Wayne White, as I think we're trying to get Wayne on a podcast as well to talk a bit about those two topics because they are uh, very prevalent in our world and there's not a lot of information out there and some misinformation. And so uh, basically those two individuals really um, assist with like appeals and claims, WSIB claims, if people are unsure about the LTIP process, which is the long-term income protection, they would call in and be uh, provided some guidance from Wayne and or Lisa. If they're not sure about entitlements relating to pension and benefits, there is advice here as well from the experts who are in the know. And then we have our finance department, which is overseen by um, an executive officer who is a CA. And we have a financial controller and a financial clerk. And essentially all of the dues that come in from our members are overseen by that department. Any members who are applying for benevolence should um, that come up. Bursaries are distributed, the checks are written, the transfers are done through our um, financial department and as well as creating the budget for the corporation, doing accounts receivable, accounts payable, the basic day-to-day -day stuff to keep an organization running. And then also helping provide insight and um, organizing the budget for the corporation as well. Last but not least, I know this is a lot of information. We have our training and education department, which is pretty critical. Um, and is run by the Executive Officer of Training and Education, Gwen Carr, who does a fantastic job of trying to come up with programs 
for uh, members and our branches and even staff here to help support them in their career and also help support the ongoing initiatives of this organization. So yeah, that's the rapid fire on the departments. Amy, I uh, understand from uh, conversations I've had with Gwen, uh, there's been a revamped plan for training and education here at the OBPA. I was wondering if you could just touch on that very briefly. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm not going to steal Gwen's thunder because I know the intention is to have her on an episode so that she can fully explain all of the changes that are happening with the PACE program. And for those of us who are not uh, aware of what PACE means, it previously meant Police Association Certified Executive Training. There were various levels where members could come through and um, the Covey stuff was covered and disc profiles and, and various and collective agreements and grievances and negotiations. And along the way, you would learn, um, you know, just about this organization and, and things of that nature. So we have revamped in an effort to try to, you know, keep up with the times and make sure that we're offering um, the best service to our members. So now the program has been renamed the Police Association Certificate of Education program, and that is uh, three levels. So I'm not going to, uh, as I said, steal Gwen's thunder. I'll let that episode speak for itself, but we're really excited about the changes coming. And I think our members are going to really benefit from what is being provided in the future. And also we are working to get some uh, more resources online and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on um, with the launch of our new website. Amy, every time I go upstairs and I hear Don and I hear Aaron on the phone, they're almost always referring to target benefit administrators. I was wondering if you could walk the audience through exactly what target is, what they do, and uh, how our members can reach out. Sure. So target benefits and the association have had a relationship for many, many years, uh, actually like four decades, <laughs> so quite a long time. Um, and then when the association took over the administration of our benefits in 2009, we reached out to Target. So what Target does is they work with the association and our members to provide support related to benefits and insurances. So basically, when should I contact Target is a question that we get a lot of the time yeah. because members are not sure. We refer um, a lot of the calls, about 50 a month actually, to Target. Uh, and then obviously they get direct calls as well, but we transfer about 50 from our switchboard here. So when you're wondering about uh, reviewing your insurance options, sorry, like your life insurances, your AD&D, your critical illness, if you have a life event, um, a, a, a child is born, you adopt a child, um, a breakdown of a marriage or a start of a marriage or a common law relationship, uh, if the unfortunate circumstance happens where a dependent in your family passes away, uh, you would call Target and they can assist you with you know, understanding all of that information, what you're entitled to, what the options are, the cost of those things, if there's questions about your health and dental benefits, what the coverage is, submitting claims. If a claim is denied, you can contact Target and they have direct links to all of the stakeholders. So Canada Life, 
the you know the other various people that we use Sutton and so on so they are able to assist members and try to find resolutions and just provide general information on what people are entitled to when it comes to their benefits and their insurances and then additionally a lot of people don't know that OPPA members we have a group plan with TD insurance so for home auto and other insurances members of our association can call into uh, TD and then let them know um, that they're a member of our association. So if there's issues with claims or customer service, Target also has a link to the folks at TD and can help sort of settle or look into things on members' behalf so that members are not waiting on the phone because sometimes we know calling into call centers can be challenging and the wait times can be um, you know, 30, 40 minutes, an hour sometimes. So instead of our members having to sit and wait, they can reach out to Target and Target can contact those folks on your behalf. It's uh, awesome uh, information, uh, Amy. Uh, I'm sure the membership will appreciate it. And uh, I've got this kind of a similar question uh, about the Ontario Pension Board. What exactly does the uh, OPP Association do with the uh, Ontario Pension Board, uh, you know, commonly known as the OPB? So the pension board administers the pensions for all of the members who are enrolled in the plan. And also they have a website that has specific information for OPP members specifically. So if you go to their website, there's a, a tab for, for current members, sorry. And then there's actually a 32 page booklet that speaks to entitlements, um, buying into the plan, um, termination payments, CPP disability, like it goes on and on and gives you some breakdowns about what your pension um, will be. And there's actually certified financial planners who work for the pension board. And I think some of the episodes that Lisa Hillstrom has been on, she has sort of explained a bit about that as well. So members can call in if they're not sure what you know their pension is going to be or if they have questions or who the beneficiary is all of that information, they can reach out to the pension board and any sort of calculations are obviously uh, done by the pension board. The association here, we don't uh, provide that information because we're not the experts. We don't house all of that data. So if people reach out to the pension board and perhaps they have a question or um, they need some clarification, that's when they would call in here and speak to someone like Lisa Hillstrom who has a lot of knowledge and experience related to the PSPP, so the Public Service Pension Plan, and just can provide some clarification. And then also we have connection to the Pension Board. They provide information and resources during our pre-retirement seminars. And additionally, Sean Lees, the Executive Officer of Finance here, has a seat on the Board of Directors for the Ontario Pension Board. So we're very aware of what's happening, the COLA increases, the financial situation of the plan, uh, we are kept up to date on that information, obviously, because we have a, a pretty big stake in in that with all of the members that are enrolled in that plan. So, Amy, I'm, I'm on the site. I'm looking at all the, the services they got listed here. It's Target, it's Canada Life, Pension Board, the OPS uh, Service Centre. Uh, boots on the ground, for example, TD Insurance, Teladoc, Medical Experts, which is the uh, rebranded Best Doctors, and even the Credit Union. What's what's the best way people can go about getting a hold of this if they need to? It's it can be a bit overwhelming to try and sort through that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's not really clear who you need to be calling and, you know, that's why we are here. So my best advice to folks who are not sure of who they need to speak with would be calling in to head office here. And we're going to put the numbers at the bottom of the show notes and it's also on our website and you can Google us too. And we have the reception teams here who triage all of the calls. So we have live answer um, at this association during the hours of nine to five, obviously Monday to Friday. And they will help direct your inquiry. Some of the questions they can answer, you know, the general questions. Our staff are pretty well trained here, so they can try to assist. But if you need to be transferred, we have direct transfer to those other organizations. And then also, people can email us at oppa at oppa.ca. Again, all of this is going to go in the show notes, so don't feel you need to scribble it down. And all of those emails go to reception. And then we also, to track the calls and the emails that come through, just to make sure that nothing is missed and everything is well documented, we have a member service management system called Unionware. And all of the information is logged in there. So all of the calls that come through, notes are made so we can see the history of individuals who are calling in and what information they're asking for. And then it allows us to make notes and close out the call and just um, ensure that we're providing the best services possible by being able to track all of that information. And then on a monthly basis, what I do is I provide the stats on all of that to our board of directors so they're aware of how many calls a month we receive at this association. And it's actually on average between 300 and 350 calls a month. So it's a very busy switchboard. Our members might think of the calls for service that they receive. So we sort of have calls for service in a different sense in in those calls that come through the switchboard. And then plus the calls that go directly to the staff and board here, those are obviously outside of of the switchboard. So there's a lot that goes on here and a a lot of volume for sure. Amy, what are uh, some of the most common inquiries We get a lot of calls about benefits, to be honest, that every month is uh, one of the highest inquiries that we get. Uh, So about Target and then to our other benefits department, the coordinators are here to answer questions and just provide guidance. Unfortunately, when members pass away, we assist with the life claim um, process for their loved ones. So we, you know, do some liaising, provide information on who they need to contact. And then um, our legal department and labor departments are very busy as well. Obviously, members have a lot of questions about their entitlements and and things of that nature. And then uh, when an SIU situation happens, our members have a lot of questions about that. And we always tell them to reach out to the association for assistance. And there is, even when the office is closed, our after hours line has an option for members who are involved in an SIU investigation and require assistance. They can get through to somebody 24 hours a day. We have people on call here all the time. So uh, rest assured, we are always here to support members in that sense. Yeah, I would say those are probably the, the the top calls that we get. Amy, yesterday actually, I just saw about a dozen new still images from the testing platform for the new website. And uh, there looked like there's some pretty good stuff there. I was wondering if you could walk the audience through some of what they can expect for the new website and uh, just give us an update on the timelines for that. 
For sure. So this is probably the thing that I'm most excited about. Um, we, the website project is is my baby. A lot of other people have obviously have and are assisting. So our current website, um, we get a lot of feedback that it's a little hard to navigate. It's difficult to find things. The search functionality is not the best. So we've taken all of the feedback that we've received from our members and we've reached out to an organization that is helping us with a little bit of a facelift. Um, and so what is going to happen is I'm going to say early January, knock on wood, that everything goes according to plan. Our website's going to be launching and, and there's going to be a lot of changes. It's going to look a lot different, but I think that's in the best interest of serving our members. So there's going to be the option to bookmark resources that members are using all of the time, such as collective agreements or maybe certain articles or certain resources that are there. Um, so you're going to be able to find things. The searching functionality is greatly improved, which I think uh, people are really going to find so much easier to maneuver and not as frustrating. And then the other thing that we're doing is trying to update and provide a bit more fulsome public facing website. So obviously we have a public facing site that the general public can go and look up and find out a bit about us, but that's going to be even more fulsome now. And we really want to highlight what our members are doing in their communities because that sometimes is lost in the mix. So we want to make sure that people understand who we are and what we do and more importantly, who our members are and what they do. Then we have a members only section of our website, which is just for for our members to sign in and get things like their collective agreements and news information and who their branch executive are and how to contact them. The other thing that I'm really, really excited for is the connectivity to the database. So the system that CRM system unionware that I spoke about earlier is going to be connected to our website. So that information is going to flow a lot better um, in terms of making sure that people have access when they need and the correct information is posted there for them. We are working on developing a lot of video resources for members and having like a resource library available on training and education, on labor relations, just on other general pieces of information like the WSIB and LTIP stuff, because we often get members who are really unsure about all of those things. So our ability to have a nice resource library on the website for our members is really exciting. And I'm really looking forward to that launch. We're really looking forward to it uh, as well, um, Amy. And uh, another thing uh, that, that I'm pretty passionate about is uh, we're working on a, a, a new kind of blast out system too that's uh, hopefully going to allow some choice about you know what you get as a member also for our media partners out there uh we're going to have a media uh, sign up list so you can get some email blasts from us so really exciting uh, looking forward to it and uh i think it's great what you've uh, led here amy thank you for doing that so, boss, it's uh, time for a semi-reoccurring segment here on the podcast we call Three Wishes. Uh -huh. the, prem the premise is quite simple. If you could wave <laughs> a magic wand, and it doesn't have to be here in the building. It doesn't have to. It could be whatever you want. Um, but what would your three wishes for change be in either policing or the world at large? I think 
Well, I don't know if it's three major wishes, but I often, um, I wish that people, the general public and others would just take a moment to appreciate everything that our membership does. I don't want to get too into it or too political, but you often see in the news, there's a lot of bad news about policing and our members do a really, really difficult job. And it's a job that I couldn't do. And I have the utmost respect for them getting up every day and leaving the house, not knowing if they're coming home, a lot of them. And so I would just ask people to have some tolerance and some patience. And my mom has always said since I was a little girl to make sure that you try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes before you judge them. So I would just impart that little piece of wisdom on people to um, just, you know, have some tolerance and some patience and be kind because the world today, it's really difficult to find kindness. And I think a little kindness goes a long way. That's awesome, Mamie. Really good advice. And I know for, you know, 30 years being a cop myself, I see your dedication in there. And I'm glad that you're actually on this podcast uh, sharing that uh, with the membership and the public at large because uh, it's, uh, you know, many sleepless nights, uh, no doubt, for uh, the, there's some pretty, uh, pretty harsh things that that, uh, they get dealt with uh, in the head office. And, uh, I, I can tell you from a 30-year cop, cop's eyes, uh, these people care. They're there for you, and uh, uh, they do a great job. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I didn't, I didn't come from this world. My background is not policing at all, so I've been here almost four years. It's really been eye-opening to me to see what our members deal with that a lot of people have no idea and never hear about. Yeah, I would just... Yeah, that has been really eye-opening for me, actually, just to know what what goes on behind the scenes. We can't let you go uh, get away with just one wish. What's your other two? Um, that's so hard. (laughs) I don't know. My other wishes for policing, hmm, that people would, um, you know, go into the recruitment process. We are um, going through a bit of a staffing issue right now in policing. I don't think that's a secret to anybody listening. So it's a it's a noble career. And I think if people are interested in becoming a member, not only a frontline member, but just a member in general, I think do some research because it's, um, as you said, Scott, you were, you were there for 30 years. So there's a lot of a lot of good and it's a good career. So I would say, you know, just trying to get staffing up and just generally getting people more involved in the association through the branches. I know um, new members coming through, we go recruits and other individuals, we go and meet with them. And um, I would just encourage people to go to your local detachment, find where the association board is, meet your branch president, vice presidents, your, your reps, and go out to a branch meeting and just see if the association would be something that you would be interested in getting involved in because it, there's a lot of good stuff that goes on here. And I know a lot of people who have come through in a branch capacity, it's even helped them in the promotional process, just being involved in, in a leadership role outside of the organization. So I didn't think I had three wishes, but Scott, you got it out of me. through. through <laughs> so yeah, I think those are my three wishes. I'm gonna leave them at that. <laughs> 
thank you for that. And uh, any last words before I let you go? I was so nervous, but now I feel like it, the time just flew by. So thank you both. You both really do an incredible job. I know launching this podcast, we did not know what we were in for or what <laughs> we were, not what we were doing. I don't want to sound like that, but we were we were new at this, all of us. I mean, my, my role is minimal, but I'm really proud of this podcast. And we have over, what, 40,000 downloads of our episodes right now. So people are listening. And I would say that it's a raving success. And hats off to the both of you for that. Thanks, Amy. Uh, Amy Fabiano is the manager of member services for the OPP Association. Amy, thanks so much for doing this and best wishes to you and your family over the holiday season. Thank you. And that is our episode for this week. New episode drops next Friday and all episodes are always available on our blog at oppa.ca slash media. If you like what you hear, please use the subscribe button on your podcast platform so that you never miss an episode. For Scott Mills, I'm Josh Jutris, and from everyone here at the OPPA Association, thanks for listening, and be safe.